If you want to know the best way to secure the U.S. border, why not ask the people who do the securing day to day? More active involvement by regular federal employees might help make the policy and funding negotiations informed and productive, according to my next guest. Tom Kochen is a management professor at the MIT Sloan School of Management, and he joins me now. Professor Kochen, good to have you on. Good morning, Tom. It's great to be here. Thank you. Tell us your theory here that uh, you would think that would be automatic, that even members of Congress, let alone agency political appointees, would go for policy direction to the people on the line. But that's not always the case, is it? No, it's not always the case. And uh, before uh, I even comment on that, I just want to express my uh, personal appreciation for all the federal employees and contractors who have had to endure this disgraceful uh, shutdown. It's not fair. It's such a deep principle in our field of employment relations that I study, teach, and, and work in, that people should be paid fairly for the work that they provide and uh, and respected uh, for the work that they provide, and that was certainly not the case. So we, uh, I think the country owes uh, our federal employees a, an apology. But to get to the point, uh, there's another principle deep in our field that says the people who are closest to the problem or to the issues know best how to do their work and how to improve operations. And we should be asking uh, our federal employees who are working on border security in a variety of different capacities what tools they need to improve their uh, operations, the effectiveness and the security of the border and the the service that they're providing for the people in that region. Uh, we're not doing that. Uh, I'm not even sure this task force uh, of senators and Congress uh, leaders uh, uh, have uh, enough expertise uh, from the border states uh, uh, in the group. Because it's likely that they would say, well, here a wall would not be effective. Maybe for this period of miles it would be effective. It would probably satisfy no one's political imperative. Well, it would uh, uh, provide some evidence and some uh, experience-based uh, knowledge to what's needed. And yes, I'm sure there would be some uh, areas that uh, employees and, and leaders and even uh, politicians in their area would uh, suggest further security barriers, uh, we'll call it a wall or whatever you want to call it, would be helpful. But they're also likely to say, give us the technology, give us the staffing, Give us the support and uh, uh, the facilities that we need to really secure our border and to deal with the humanitarian uh, issues involved here. So that's that's what we need. We need people who really know what's going on, not people who just have a political agenda to address these issues. And the bigger question, I guess, is how do you regularize that process of getting that input from people on the line across the government? Well, this is a big concern of mine. Uh, you know, we've had uh, systems in place. During the uh, Bill Clinton's administration, they put in place a uh, uh, first something they called the National uh, Partnership for Reinventing Government. I remember it well. And uh, they engaged employees and labor representatives, the union representatives of their employees, in the labor management partnership efforts to uh, improve operations. I participated in that. I worked uh, very uh, directly with uh, a couple of the agencies, first the Department of Labor and then uh, the Federal Mediation and Conciliation Service. We did surveys of their, quote, customers, that is, the business and labor groups that they um, uh, engaged in negotiations and asked them, how can uh, the federal service improve its operations? And we made a lot of changes 
uh, in conjunction with uh, the staff of the Federal Mediation Service. And in improved operations, we should we should institutionalize that again. We should make it the natural practice, and it, we should make it an ongoing uh, uh, initiative so that employees can can contribute uh, to improving operations. They're ready to do so. They want to do so. We know from surveys of the American workforce that uh, American workers today are eager to be involved in decision-making to improve operations as well as to stand up for their rights. That's what we need in this country, and the federal government should be a model. We're speaking with Tom Cochen. He's a management professor at the MIT Sloan School of Management. And the other issue is when political appointees come in, in theory, they're supposed to deal directly with the SES and and in turn with the rank and file employees. I wonder if the politicals coming in, regardless of what side they're on politically and what agenda they have, should get some training in this whole process and this kind of cultural understanding that the standing workforce is to be engaged. Well, that would be a very good idea. Uh, We work a lot with private sector organizations and provide that kind of training and that kind of engagement uh, assistance, sometimes facilitating uh, uh, dialogue uh, along those lines. And it would be very good for political officials to, uh, to develop those skills and really to support that kind of culture. As you said, the SES uh, executives, the rank and file, the labor uh, representatives are the the core of the ongoing uh, government service process, and they know uh, what's needed in their organizations. And they might not always agree, and that's fine. And there are scarce resources, and sometimes some tough decisions have to be made. But that's all part of the process uh, of of uh, managing in a way that takes advantage of the skills and knowledge of our workforce. Are there any private sector organizations on the scale or approaching the scale of the government or a government department that are good models for this? We do a lot of work with Kaiser Permanente, the giant healthcare uh, insurance and healthcare provider. And they have a labor management partnership that's been going on for about 20 years. We've studied it. We've worked with it. I'm just starting a new project uh, with them, looking at the workforce and technology of the future and how they can adjust to all of the the changes coming with AI and uh, robotics and uh, more home care and so on. That's a model. Now it's not perfect. Every you know sometimes it has its ups and downs, but it's an enduring example of what can be done uh, to use all of the tools of modern technology and the skills and knowledge of a committed workforce and to work together. So there's there's no shortage of of models out there that uh, uh, government could uh, learn from. And as they return to work in these early days of getting back to work, I mean, a five-week shutdown is a really long time for any organization. What should managers, both political and career, be doing to get things started up on a good human relations or labor relations context? Well, the first thing that uh, executives should do is what I did at the start of this conversation, and that is meet with uh, the employees, be visible uh, on the office floor or the front lines of of wherever the work site is, just welcoming employees back and saying, we're delighted to have you, and we are sorry that uh, you've put up, had to put up with this and that we've all had to put up with it. So let's roll up our sleeves and figure out how we can work together to uh, 
uh, deal with whatever backlog issues are involved, and let's start working together. But I think you've got to show uh, as an executive some appreciation and some understanding of what everybody has been through and to build a culture of working together, uh, starting right from greeting people as they come to work. Tom Cochin is a professor of management at the MIT Sloan School of Management. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom. Take care. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. (coughs) Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. SMS text, 1118 AM. Hey girl, emergency. You wouldn't believe what just happened. Are you at your desk? I ripped my skirt and like half my tush is hanging out. Third floor bathroom, please help. LOL. When you send messages on SMS, someone else could be reading them. With end-to-end encryption, WhatsApp ensures that your personal messages are your personal messages. WhatsApp. Always message privately.